In this week's episode, we talk about how video fits into the buyer's journey. We share a 2019 SEO services report, and we talk about the benefits of targeting low-volume keywords. So we're back with another episode of The Stack. How's it going, guys? It's good. Good. Episode number... 59. 59, almost 60. Yep. That's good. That's good. Our iTunes page is looking really full. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sharp. Flawed episodes. I I wish that they would let you separate it into seasons, like in your account. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. That would be cool. What I would love, though, is if you listeners would leave us a review. Yeah. That's true. We're looking a little dry on the reviews. I, <laughs> I will give you a hug. And like I give pretty good hugs. Listen, we know you're lurking. It's not that hard. You could literally do it while you're listening to this episode. We'll wait. We won't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we um, won't wait that no, long. I'm waiting. Okay, but yes, please leave us a review. It helps us a ton and we would really appreciate it. If this is your first time listening, you can still leave us a review, but you might want to listen to the end first to see if we're any good. But... I think we're pretty good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We won't let you down. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, each week we talk about the latest developments in the world of sales marketing tech, break it down, and try to give you some easy takeaways. And this week we feature an article from the Top Rank Marketing blog written by Ann Lumen called Making the Case for Video at Every Stage of the Buyer's Journey. And these days all marketers are talking about video and how well it tracks and converts. Does it actually work? What's the short answer, guys? Yeah. Yes. I say so. We've we've just done a handful of videos, and the response was mind-boggling. Yeah. So, yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, I think in for a lot of stuff that we do, it, there's always the conversion factor. And Wistia, we use Wistia. You're able to put, like, the CTAs in the middle of the video or at a certain time to, you know, continue watching till the end. I think that's a great tool, just as a little side note to this article. But... um. Can I debunk something before <laughs> we talk about the focus of the article? Yeah. Because everybody, I, I hear this crap all the time. Like, oh, people only want to watch short videos. You got to keep it like two minutes tops. Tell yeah. that to the Joe yeah. podcast when it's three hours long. Yeah. So th- I think what this article, all right, this article backs me up and I have no idea if they talk about this at all, but the the video length really should, you should determine the length of the video based off the goal of the video the context of, you know, when and where and how that user is going to be interacting with that video. Mm. Um, it's not a, a simple answer that a video should only be one minute yeah. because the world's attention span is shrinking. Garbage. Yeah, it's not yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. When I search for videos on YouTube, I almost always apply the filter longer than 20 minutes. Wait, do you really? really? Yes. I, I'll be, I don't. Unless, unless I want a quick answer to something. Like me yeah. personally, I don't, I don't pay attention to the length at all. Like if that's not. That's not what I use to determine whether or not a video in any way is going to answer yeah. that question. Well, I tend to want depth rather than... Oh, I'm a shallow guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the article. Ryan, you want to bring us through it? Yeah, so it, basically what this article does is it breaks down each stage of the buyer's journey. Not the one that we're used to. They go through as engage, convert, retain, and advocate. So it's kind of similar to the, the regular HubSpot buyer's journey that it, we're all used to. It just to. sounds British. Yeah, um, A-A-S-R-A. Anyways. Right? <laughs> sure. A-E-C-R-A. I E-E. pulled out this quote. The average, I'll read directly from the article. The average U.S. adult spends five hours and 57 minutes a day watching video. Compare the number to the average amount of time someone reads each day, which is 
16.8 minutes, and you'll find that people watch videos over 21 times longer than text. So basically what this article does, is it, it breaks it down into specifically what kind of video is going to perform best um, at each stage. For example, at the track stage, top performing video types are trailers, teasers, and brand video, which I guess makes sense. You're trying to attract people. I see videos all the time because I'm doing searches for you know, our show notes and stuff like that. I see apps, and they're always trailers. They're always trying to like show the cool, shiny you know, interface that they have. Apple does it a lot too. Oh, Every yeah. time they yeah. release a new phone, they do these like really cool close-ups and pans and, you know, they're introducing the phone in an interesting way. Um, but yeah, so this article breaks down each stage and, and gives you some videos that might work in your benefit. And just, it's it's chock full of really interesting statistics. Yeah, uh, that too. It's just, it's an example of a blog post that relies on statistics and does a really good job. It's something yeah. we're passionate about. Yeah, it's cool. probably it's probably good linking for them too. But no, definitely cool. Definitely check it out if you're trying to figure out a way to incorporate video and wondering about what type you should do. This is a great breakdown. Nice. So the next article comes from Brian Dean for Backlinko. It's the 2019 SEO Services report. He partnered with a firm, uh, it's Northstar. What are they called? I'll find it. Um, I think they get some credit here because North, North Star Research Partners. Yeah, North Star Research Partners. Um, we've seen their work a number of times. I think they do a good job. Um, but they they uh, surveyed 1,200 business owners to get a better view of just how much companies were paying for SEO services. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, they have some takeaways there. Um, and I, I think... There's two audiences. There's two ways to look at this information. If you are an agency or a consultant, you're thinking, what the hell are these guys doing charging $500 a month? <laughs> How could you possibly do a good job? Um, if you're a business owner, you, you might be thinking, why am I not paying $500 a month? Right. You know? Um, so your takeaways are going to vary based off what seat you're in. If you, if you are that agency or consultant or in-house SEO, you're going to be getting one set of takeaways. If you're the business owner, you're going to be getting some others. To be fair, that is specifically small businesses. Yeah. So that, that was like, I, I feel like this survey really would be far more valuable if it was, here's a survey for small, yeah. like, you know, between one to 10, whatever the brackets right. are, right. you know, here's a survey for people who are in the midsize area. Here's a survey for enterprise, but even that small business, one to 10 people for like really good SEO work, you have to have yeah. a sizable investment if you yeah. expect to have any results. Um, and even if you're a one man shop, 500 bucks a month is not going to get you very far. So here's what I will say. Um, this article and this report, um, does draw the conclusion that if you are paying more, you yeah. are going to be more satisfied. And if yeah. you stick with, you have to obviously pick a good agency to start with, but people that hop around from different agency to agency tend to have a lower satisfaction rate than people who pay a little bit more and stick around with their current agency. So not to toot our own horn, we've had a lot of clients for many years and they've seemed very satisfied with the SEO work that we do. And it's probably, you know, congruent to what this report is saying. Yeah. I think there's a few things to know about SEO. It's not just sprinkling some magic pixie dust on your website and tweaking title tags and then you walk away and you're done. Mm. And I, I would guess most services at that low, low end, that 500 or so a month, that's literally all they're doing. They're probably 
enabling title tags one time and then monitoring your presence and local listings right, or something like right, that. Right. Um, but they're not really doing any SEO work. Um, unless it's, this is somebody who's training like a student or something, they might be doing a fantastic job for, for a little money. Um, but, uh, you know, SEO is uh, technical side, making sure, um, you know, your website is crawl friendly, uh, that your content is being rendered correctly. So that involves, you know, some uh, coding knowledge, right? Um, it is content development. So you need copywriting skills. You may need to have graphic designers, UX specialists to make sure you have a good user experience. Uh, it's link building and outreach, which, you know, takes PR um, skills, sales skills. Um, there's a lot of different aspects of SEO uh, and it's it's hard work, heavy lifting. So, I mean, and it's also just like a good agency has an, a number of tools that they use. Yeah, the you tools know? on top of it, absolutely. Yeah, the tools alone could be you know a few hundred bucks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, but you know, interesting, take, but take, like, don't you know? Think about think about any it. any survey. I'm not picking on this survey in particular. Um, it's just making me rant. Um, when you you hear these very broad like numbers, um, just you have to ask yourself what's really going into that. What's the difference between service A and service B? Because there's some big differences there. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys kind of take it from here because I have to step away for the Sean second. all ranted out. I'm ranted out. <laughs> I'm going to go swear in the sky and stomp my feet now. Wow. I've no, I'm you. actually very I've, I've never seen you do that. that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be oh, funny? Oh, once, once. Wouldn't once. that be funny if I wasn't? When? Oh. All right. So one time, <laughs> just, one time Tim and I were, were going to a meeting. Uh, oh, I was just I was just being funny. Oh, he's not me. Yeah. So one time. Oh, now I remember. I, oh. <laughs> we, were, we were late for an important meeting and um, uh. I was up in Boston and I took a left turn. Next thing I know, I'm going across a bridge and I saw our time to destination go up by like 25 minutes. And I was pretty pissed off. It was it was an experience. It was, it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, ultimately <laughs> we, we landed that client. So. There you go. <laughs> All right. See you later, Sean. I've heard that story like three times. I, 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 I know forgot was, about that. I'll yeah. be honest. Uh, good times. Good times. So the last one on the list, this is really up your alley. Tim. This this is really up my alley, but why don't, why don't you introduce Yeah, so this, this article comes from Search Engine Land. The title is Why It's Worth Targeting Keywords with Low... With, I always get this wrong. Why It's Worth Targeting Keywords with No Too Low Monthly Search Volume. So targeting keywords that don't initially yeah. show a big ROI. Yeah, so like every everyone, all, all, I mean everyone, no matter who you are, if you're writing content and you're, you're in charge of, of attracting people to your website uh, or your business's website, you want to target, the, you naturally want to target those keywords that have a lot of volume, you know, the hundreds of, of searches a month, the thousands of searches a month, um, the hundreds of thousands of searches a month because obviously if you can rank for that and rank well for that, then the potential is huge and, and you can potentially get countless people to your website. I shouldn't say countless because data and blah, 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 but you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the negative there is that m I don't want to say all, but most of those keywords with the massive amounts of volume, they tend to be pretty broad. Mm. Um, you know, if I search for, the keyword vacuum cleaner, I'll probably see something like, I don't know, 56,000 monthly searches. Um, but I have no idea what is behind that search. 
you know, is someone looking for a vacuum cleaner to buy? Is someone just curious as to what a vacuum cleaner is? Maybe they have never heard the term before. Um, are they frustrated at their vacuum cleaner because it's clogged? You know, what what's the intent behind there? It's very hard to figure out um, when it's that broad. Yep. Um, on the other side, you have keywords that have potentially um, no, like, trackable monthly search volume or very low, like in the zero to 10 per month range. Um, but they're super specific and because they're super specific, you know, 100% without a doubt what that searcher's intent is and you can build content around that. That's the, that's the one side. On the other side, there's also the fact that, you know, you, you, you can, you can guarantee more or less guarantee that, um, whether or not that search is going to be relevant to you and your business. Um, if you're a vacuum repair shop, <laughs> well, I got to stick with the no, same I, analogy. I actually have one that is. Near I'm my going house. with vacuum, and okay. then you can give yours. But no, no, I have a vacuum repair shop oh, ne- near my house. That's really weird. Yeah. Um, but if if you're if you're a vacuum repair shop, you might see absolutely no volume around um, the keyword vacuum makes weird grinding noise on linoleum floor but if that's a common issue and you know what causes it and that's something that you know you deal with like five times out of the year um and get you know a thousand dollars a piece for which that sounds like a really expensive uh, vacuum repair shop um like that's that's really relevant to your business that's very valuable to you and even if it's not going to bring in you know mind-boggling amounts of traffic it'll bring in real business it'll it'll yeah. feed your wallet yeah, because um, someone that lands on that is going to be like, oh, this is exactly what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, and that's not to say that, you know, this is me. I, I'll be honest, I didn't read this article. It's just something I, you know, we we deal with for some of our clients um, who who work in super targeted um, industries. Yeah, we've recommended keywords with no search volume that have turned into customers. Yeah, it's just, it's a matter of, um, it's Knowing- a ma- typically it's a matter of a mix. You You want a mix of those shoot for the moon, um, right. High volume keywords because yeah, if you can get fifty thousand eyeballs on your website and build your brand awareness mm-hmm. and possibly a, you know retain even a fraction of those um, with contact, uh, you know their contact information, so you can market to them. That's great. That's really important. Um, but on the other hand, super specific searches leading to the answering super specific questions, uh, addressing super specific needs are probably going to be more likely to lead to business, which, you know, you need to stay in business. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it, I think it's a cool article. They kind of dive in um, and explain, they don't really reference it exactly, but they kind of touch on that point of like brand awareness. You know, if you're, if you're really spread out all, all over, you know, a few different keywords, maybe these low volume ones, um, you're going to eventually form this small topic cluster with your very specific audience. So I, I think it's definitely, go ahead, Tim. Oh, and just one <laughs> one more thing, which I, I didn't think of, but it's really important um, too, is the the keywords with massive amounts of search volume. Ow, I just got a sliver, Ryan. Um, <laughs> the keywords with massive amounts of search volume are, they're, they're without a doubt going to be incredibly competitive. Um, oh, everyone yeah, is, is trying to yep. rank for that keyword. Um, 
And especially if you're a small business, if you have a new website, whatever the case may be, it it may be very difficult for you to rank for that keyword um, just because of, you know, tech more, some of the more technical aspects of of SEO. Mm. Um, On the other hand, really low competitive, uh, low volume keywords tend to be, I say tend to be because not always, but they tend to be a lot less competitive. Um, whereas you might not be able to rank for the keyword vacuum cleaner. You might be able to rank for vacuum cleaner makes grinding noises when vacuuming linoleum simply because the competitive factor isn't there. Right. Right. So that's another really important yep. um, consideration. Totally. Cool article. Check it out. Uh, that comes from, where was it again? Search that was search engine, engine land. Shame on them for not having a meta description. What? I know. Wait, what? I know. Really? I, I don't believe you. They don't have a meta description on the page. I don't believe you. I'm checking it. I'm using Come one on, of search our, engine land. I'm using one of our hundreds of dollars a month tools. What? I know. Search engine land. Ryan, after this episode, you got to go tag them. I'll go tag, tag them. them in on a, on a, on a Twitter. On the Twitter. On a Twitter. Um, yeah. Check it out. It's pretty cool. This brings us to the app of the week, which Tim has for us this week. Yes. Which was so, recommended by Sean. This was recommended by Sean. So we're going to give him all the credit. I'm really upset he can't speak to it. But this is called, um, sorry, I zoomed in really close on this page. So I lost the title. It's called Brexit means breakfast. Um, it is offered by Brexit means breakfast.co.uk. And um, it is not SEO related at all, but it's fun. It's it's funny. Uh, the the description, the overview on the page says, uh, replace Brexit with breakfast around the web. Brexit means breakfast is a Chrome extension which hijacks Brexit discussions on the web by changing the topics to the most important meal of the day. So you never have to read about Brexit again. Um, and an example that they give right on the page is um, you know the original title is called you know it's deal or no deal sorry deal no deal or delay what the public thinks and it's changed to continental breakfast full english or fasting what the public thinks wow i like it and then you know it, it goes a little deeper um i don't know exactly how it works but i'm sure Especially if you're across the ye old watery pond um, in the UK, um, you're probably really tired of hearing about Brexit. I'll be honest, I'm pretty tired of hearing about Brexit and I'm not going through it. Um, so this might be a, a nice source of relief, at least for a day. I'd probably get sick of it after a day. Because oh, yeah. then you'd just get really confused yeah. as to why you keep seeing things about breakfast yep. on your news feed. It's funny. And if you're tired of Brexit, then check it out. Yeah. Um, what that brings us to the lightning round. Number one in our lightning round is how to prepare for five changes coming to Facebook Messenger. Ooh, do you know what they are? I don't know. I I skimmed this one, but I don't know exactly what they are that I could list them out. Um, I want to take a look at that. Okay. While you do that, I'll read the second one. We'll come back to it. Um, another Facebook one. Facebook brings back reach estimates for custom audiences. That was um previously available, and then they got rid of it, and now that people are complaining, they brought it back. What are the five changes, Sam? Uh, they, they honestly don't seem super important. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, number three, Instagram brand engagement, the latest statistics. Right. I'm pretty sure down. Is that what I read? Let me just read this. Yeah, I think it is. I'll have to read more into that. Last one. What's new with LinkedIn pages engage your community? 
this is pretty cool because you can create like a custom CTA for your your page and, and and other. There's a few other tidbits in there that are really cool. Cool. Um. And then this is new. Um, for HubSpot, uh, super technical, but I'll just throw it out there because it just launched yesterday. Uh, it says new in Design Manager, Hubble, Transpiler, and JavaScript linting. What does that even mean? It's super technical, but if you're a developer and you work in HubSpot, you might have just gotten like super excited because <laughs> it sounds like it's addressing some issues that might be bothering you. Um, so check it out. Cool. Yeah. That's it for this week. Uh, f- leave us a review. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, and we will come at you next week with fresh new technical news. Peace out. <laughs> Adieu. I don't know why I just spoke French. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>